0: Hello and welcome to It's All In Your Head, a mental health podcast. My name is Eli Henry. I'm your host. Before we get started today, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that if you or someone you love is going through a hard time, needs someone to talk to, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day. Their website has an online chat option and a lot of great resources as well, whether you're looking to talk to somebody else, uh, whether you're looking to uh, uh, talk for yourself, whatever it is, you don't need to be afraid. You can reach out. This is episode four of the show. Uh, Last week I was sick uh, and um, I don't really remember uh, much of my life. I, I, it, uh, I, when I'm sick, I just am, I, I still have to do shit, but I was pretty knocked on my ass. Um, the doctor said it was a pretty severe sinus. It doesn't matter. The fire, uh, California was on fire and it was making everyone sick. My girlfriend is sick right now. She might cough in the background of this. Uh, it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, But I had Tori Catalano on last week, and uh, I got a lot of messages from people that they really enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed discussing it, obviously for personal reasons, because of, you know, him helping me find a therapist. And then also just getting into OCD and and what that is. I I was really happy with it. Um, Similarly, this week, it's another episode I'm I'm very, very excited about. Um, I've been a little bit behind on my editing so, you know, whereas I used to kind of edit all these episodes a- a- as soon as I got them so I could just put them out there uh, right away uh, or, or sorry, uh, put them out there, you know, all one at a time later and, and not have to worry about it. Th- these few episodes I've been editing uh, the week I released them like today is Sunday. I'm releasing this tomorrow. I'm really behind. But uh, it was really lovely to get to re-listen to this one. My guest this week is Aurora Brown. She is a a performer, a comedian, a writer. Uh, She's on a show called Baroness Von Sketch Show, which is on CBC in Canada and IFC in the States. Uh, And I went to Toronto uh, in April for uh, Passover, and I brought with me my mic and... um, you know, I wanted to sit down with Aurora because she, she's always been very supportive of me and, and she'd reached out and said she wanted to be on the show. So I went to her place and we had a great conversation. It's going to be a little longer this episode than some of the other ones. I've cut it down a bit but um, it was just such a substantive and um, entertaining conversation that I didn't really want to cut it down too much. Uh, so I'm really excited for you to listen to it. I think she's a just a, a joy and a delight and um, she really put into words a lot of things, um, that I feel about mental health in a very great way. And also, you know, we talk at length about comedy and about writing and about the responsibilities of that. And and I, I just think it's really, um, really nice. I was, I, I enjoyed listening to it again, which, um, I always enjoy listening to the podcasts, but I didn't hate listening to my own voice as much this time. Um, which is weird because I noticed that I had I must have lost my voice when I was in Toronto. That happens a lot. And nevertheless, uh, the episode's long enough. Uh, give it a listen. You're gonna enjoy it. Stick around afterwards for um, a little bit about what's gonna come up after Aurora. And uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs>
1: this red light came on
0: good yeah i just got to make sure because a friend of mine told me he did a pod, the guy that loaned me this said he did a podcast for a friend years ago where he got his his balls waxed and uh it, it did record. the whole thing and the guy didn't record oh my god
1: well this light came yep. on so i'm yeah, assuming said I, I, I
0: after hearing that story i'm like okay yeah i'll check i'll, I'll make sure
1: we did an interview once and the, the girl had lost the oh christ yeah
0: yeah, that's that's bad. Well, I'm here. Uh, so Aurora Brown. Hello. Hi, Eli. How are you? I'm great. Great. Uh, most of them don't start off with a fun story about ball waxing. But <laughs> we're doing that today. Uh, so how
1: are you? I'm okay. Uh, I had a family weekend, and I didn't want to gouge my eyes out. So that's, that's a real, like that's a real step in a, in a good direction. Uh, I think I'm. Uh, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm like since this. Is, Podcast is about what it's about. Like, I'll go, I'll go, really answer. answer? Yeah, Yeah. sure, please. Uh, I think there's always a point, especially at the age that I am, as I'm approaching menopause at some point soon, I can really, really, really feel the switch between I've just been ovulating to PMS is coming. And I think that might have happened last night because I i overcooked the cauliflower too quickly they burned a bit and i lost all my morale and i'm still getting over it you know it's uh, the beginning right. so one it's of those it's like so it's, a, it's, it's the little things yeah the little things um i'm okay it's a was
0: it's, it more of i mean this is coming as a question from somebody that has never experienced pms <laughs> <laughs> was it just did it used to be a more uh incremental thing yeah
1: or? periods get weird i mean like the the things uh hormones menstrual cycle it, it's it's it changes and you just get better at recognizing it because uh, PMS in general, it, it's if you're not aware of it, it sneaks up on you. it com- it convinces you for several days that you're terrible. You should write that angry email. Um, everything's bad. And it just happens more dramatically now, so I can really tell the difference within a half an hour. Whereas before it would like maybe take a day or two to kind of gradually come up so I, I wouldn't notice so much, right. but now it's like, oh, I'm I'm like suddenly Watch angry. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, I, I don't I am not an alcoholic. So I don't know what that you know, when people say like you're an alcoholic for the rest of your life, like the, the urge is there, you just get better at dealing with sure. it. It that's sometimes at least what it feels like. I'm still as 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 crazy <laughs> inside, but I'm just better at going, this will go away in a day or this well, will be that's, feel different.
0: It's the same with how to deal with uh, a lot of mental health stuff. So yeah. that, that works. It's funny uh, based on the interviews I've done so far, I don't know why, what order they're going to be released. It seems like the theme is starting at least 50% of them have to do with PMS so <laughs> far. Cause I had one guest on talk about, um, PMDD. I can't remember. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a condition where, you know, her, her, periods were always really bad mentally she always gotten like right before and after and during mm-hmm. she had the worst anxiety and depression ever and yeah. thought that it was just the way she was but she was fine otherwise yeah and then it was a doctor only recently that was like no no that's that's this just take this and you know you need to work on it and she was like holy shit and it just changed everything yeah so, so i know that my
1: i know that it's interesting the, the menstrual cycle it's quite a thing because when i was pregnant i didn't have a period and it was the calmest nine months of my life. I would go to my That's therapist. That's not what I've
0: heard about pregnancy. Though.
1: Well, my, well, I had a great pregnancy well, and and that part of it was great. Cause I would go to see my therapist and be like, hey, I don't have anything to talk about, you know? And so we'd say, well, why don't we meet in a month? I was like, okay. And then I would come again and ah, I'm fine. And then, uh, postpartum, uh, depression was like having, a uh, PMS, all month instead of just a couple of days a month. Crap. And, uh, yeah, it's just really, it's a that little voice in your head that like convinces you. Yeah. It, it just seems. The inner
0: critic. Yeah. You know, I, I've been dealing with question one, but we'll get, we'll get to the sure. other stuff. But no, uh, th- th- I'm, this is question one. We're already having good stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've noticed lately cause I've been, I've been meditating a lot, like I've done it like 60 days in a row now. Wow. Uh, this is me bragging. Uh, but I, uh, you know they talk about the inner critic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's that voice in your head that's like, "You suck, though." Like, we, you know, like that was a bad. You made an awkward interaction. Yeah. Okay. And you know the ways to deal with that, but it's kind of funny when, you know, the other day I had like a panic attack, uh, for the first time in a while. Like, and I had, it was like not a big panic attack, but it was like a thing. And I was just talking to my girlfriend, and I was like, "It's just, it's weird. Like, I, I hadn't seen that guy in a while." Yeah, and he just showed up, and I've been pretty good about recognizing what's the bullshit and what's just me. But then uh, this guy came in, and she said a really funny thing. She was like, "He yeah, just showed up with a new scarf. It's like that's it. He just somebody." I was like, "Who let this guy in?" So he <laughs> showed up with like a mask and a bow tie and a fake mustache. Totally. Like, Hello.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, oh, come right in, sir. Uh, okay. So, wh- what do you have? I mean, I we touched obviously on a couple things.
1: I mean, uh, and I, uh, I just want to preface this like I am not like. I'm not diagnosed, so when I when I talk about it, like I I've, I want to respect people who like are like they're taking the meds. They have like a, like a clinical thing because I'm probably like a lot of people that I've done some like armchair self kind of stuff. Um, the thing that I find that I have more, and and I don't know if it's PMS related, but as I get older, I'm finding my social anxiety. Either it's either I'm more aware of it, and I've always had it or I, it, it's getting worse. Um, I've always been a person who uh, is, is anxious about stuff. I, I remember as a kid, like childhood to me seemed like very, you know, I was always worried about things. Um, I've certainly had depressed points in my life um, where I just could not get out of like a loop of self-recrimination and that kind of thing. But now what happens is that uh, I did get into a habit of not going out too much when my son was little. And now, even if it's a room full of people that I've known for years, uh, if I don't have a work reason to be there, I feel like I'm completely adrift. And while I'm talking to people, it's as if somebody is standing between me and them shouting in my face that everything I'm saying is dumb, Oh yeah. that I can't even make eye contact with them Um it's and it's and sometimes i don't go to events uh because of stuff it's just like if i'm you know getting that like that high kind of it, it's not i wouldn't call it an attack cuz i do know people who like really like they can't get on planes and stuff like that but it's it's Still just kind gym. of there you know like and it's um so i don't stay at parties i don't stay after shows right i don't uh it, and it just kind of you know, it feeds into itself. It's like, oh, I don't want to go out so much. And so I stay home. My husband, Chris, he goes out a lot. And then it becomes like a bit of a self-fulfilling thing. I don't have a lot of... Yeah. And occasionally, if I feel that I have a purpose in being there, I, like if I'm at work um, and I know exactly what my... You know, I, I've got to be there. Like, you know, it's work so I, so I know what I'm doing. We're all busy doing an activity. So that's fine. The pressure's off. Um, if it's a small enough crowd, like if it's a couple of people and I can sit down and ask them how they are i always feel worried that i'm saying too much when people say how are you but if they launch into and just not that they have to go on for an hour because sure one person talking for an hour is always a bit you know Annoying. i'm not actually a therapist but yeah. but i prefer getting deep about where people really are like i don't mind oh, yeah, sliding sure. down it and, and then 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 that makes me calm down when other people well, it
0: takes the masks off a little bit yeah I feel that way too is like when somebody's willing to open up about how it's going, i'm like okay good so we're we're all humans here we we're, we're, we're all mm-hmm. fine. we're not we're not robots yeah um I'll say a couple of things about it. you know you said one thing that I think is really important to address about the idea of um about you know not uh uh being diagnosed and so you don't want to take away from other people that are you know the thing with mental health is like you, so you said you see a therapist, right? I do, yeah. So, you know, I'm sure your therapist, if you said, by the way, what do I have, would probably have an answer. But a lot of therapists don't like to do diagnoses, Yeah, mine doesn't, even though I've forced him to give them to me because it makes me feel better.
1: Oh, God, my therapist uh, doesn't even like to give me, like, conclusions. He's such a, well, he's, sure. you know, psychotherapist. He just, like, he want me to come. Is he an
0: analyst? Is that what you No,
1: or? he's, um, I can't even claim him on OHIP, I don't think, although maybe I, I could if I tried. But um, he's so, he. I think he's given me maybe five, pieces of advice in the 12 plus years that I've known him. I, I haven't like always, I it sounds like his I, analyst. Yeah. <laughs> like I like haven't seen analyst. him very, uh, there have been several years where I just like haven't seen him, but there was a while I was seeing him like twice a week and it was like, I would beg him sometimes. He's like, what do you think? And he'd be like, I don't. It's not important what I think. It's more what you think. You yeah, know?
0: yeah, that's, that's that's interesting. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of different types of therapy. But, but, but the point is, is, like, you know, it's like that idea of like the, That's why I didn't get help for so long because so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not that bad. And you said it's probably not an attack. Cause some people have attacks, like, yeah, some people like can't get out of bed, and some yeah. people like break down on the street. But you know. It's still an attack. If you if you feel like you can't like if it, it, it's 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 still worth thinking of it that way. I think sometimes, even though it feels like a lot more, it's the idea sounds like a lot more. It's like yeah, oh, that's still what that is.
1: And I should I should also like it helps it, honestly. It's my weird. My family has a documented history of of like mental illness. My dad is hypo bipolar. My mom what is hypo bipolar. It means he's not like buying six cars and then trying to kill himself, but he like gets mania. And then gets really down. So he like, so, he's, yeah, okay. so like I remember like, uh, it, it's hard to when he's in a manic kind of phase. You can you can't even finish a sentence responding to the thing he just asked you before. One word you said makes him think of something else, so he goes off in a different direction. Right. Or two years in a row, he got all of us the same book, and I mean both Christmases, it was the same book. Oh wow. Um, and he's he also thinks that he, he like, maybe when he was younger, he was, like, somewhere on the Asperger spectrum. And my mom's, uh, I think that she had undiagnosed depression and also started kind of hoarding in her older age. Uh, and then my dad's family, like, his, his mom's family in Scotland, the McLarens, uh, they had this thing known as the Black McLaren. That in their family tree, they were known for having these raging, these guys typically who were like raging and uh, um, terrible tempers and going off the, you know. Oh Lord.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> that's an amazing thing to have tracking back that far. Yeah, her, um, makes you think about how much in history is probably just like, oh, that guy just had this.
1: Totally. Um, totally. But yeah.
0: Well, that's but that's the thing. I mean, and that, and we'll get more into the. That stuff a little bit later but you know it's just the it's that idea of like you know it, it feels like it makes it worse to treat it like it's actually worse but mm-hmm. actually makes it better i've found
1: personally when my dad was diagnosed the, it I'm was like, it's
0: like attack it's like okay well then i can treat this yeah if it's not it's just who you are yeah <laughs> you know, and that's a problem
1: but it made things make sense i know when my dad got diagnosed we were like oh so that uh yeah
0: when i don't think there's a single person i've ever found out that i knew that had bipolar disorder uh-huh. that when i found out i wasn't like uh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were just an asshole mm-hmm. or something. You know, like and that's what they tend to say. <laughs> is like, you know, I can't tell if that's it or not. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so uh, we've talked a little bit about mental illness, which yeah. is great. But this is also about the arts. So, so what do you do?
1: I'm uh, I'm many things. I'm primarily, I guess, an actor slash improviser. I'm uh, I do sketch comedy a lot. I I um, do straight acting a lot. I write. And uh, lately, I've been an executive producer and even a director a little bit. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and sometimes I paint. Oh, that's nice. And I like to sing a lot. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, in the performing arts, it's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, how long have you been doing that? I mean, uh, you can pick the, from the start and, 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 and extrapolate. I know that's well, kind of a like when I was a, a child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I have been performing for a long time. I mean, I, my first uh, professional. Gig that I ever did was when I was in grade seven, and I'd done like community theater and stuff like that before then. But um, and I went to school to be an actor. I have a BFA from York, a mm. Bachelor of Fine Arts. Uh, but then uh, I did go away from acting for a few years because uh, school, you know, acting school can really burn you out. Yeah, um, school for sure, yeah. And then uh, this current uh stretch has been going since uh I guess 1998 I started taking um improv classes at Second City because my friend was taking them and I was watching her show and I thought oh that looks fun that doesn't look pretentious and then uh since then it's been pretty steady so mm-hmm. or steady enough steady steady yeah. in that yeah, yeah exactly knock on wood um so do, do you find and
0: it's, I'm changing the phrasing of this question cuz the way I've asked it before has led to some interesting answers, but th- the way I phrased this question before was: Do you see your mental health and your work as connected? Oh yeah. Um, and okay, actually, tell me what your answer to that is, and I'll see if it tracks with the <laughs> way everyone's been answering it so far.
1: Do I see them as connected? I um, I think that I and probably other people, but um, the kind of permeability that you have as an actor is often the same permeability you have to uh, things around you in the world. Like the, the ability to sink into another person, whether it's extremely quickly when you're doing sketch comedy and you're switching from character to character, or you're like getting into a part. Um, I think it's a, it's, it reminds me, you know, like I have to, I have to be a little careful sometimes of what movies I see. Like if I see, mm-hmm. I remember one time I was living by myself, and I watched Jacob's Ladder and Happiness in the same afternoon, and I really, yeah. and I wasn't, I just didn't have any visits with friends lined up, and I was really down for an entire day, like the ability to kind of like soak stuff up, right? Um, and I think having different states of being and the the weird navel gazingness that lends itself to comedy also makes you torture yourself so the the ability to see other people's faults as a comedian you know you see us as you know you're able to say like hey look how silly we are it means that it's also constantly trained on yourself and you're just constantly like why did i say that dumb thing and there's tons of times where my self-recrimination results in a in a sketch um on uh, Baroness Von Sketch Show, which is the show that I'm doing right now. And, um, or like my... CBC in Canada, CBC, IFC, yes. IFC in America. IFC. Uh, uh, like, I know my own uh, uh, cynicism and depression, uh, which leads to, like, sometimes I'm very happy and I have a really, I have delight in the universe, but then also sometimes I think, maybe we should all kill ourselves right now. You know, and mm. I know I wrote a sketch that was very dark, but like seemed to tap into other people's things. But the the ability to kind of sit in those places uh, means that you can, if you also have the ability to reel yourself back in, then you can come back with some wisdom for everybody. But I think that that does it. And also, you know, like, the typical actor who, everybody's like, oh, always on, but you know, like, that, that part that works when you're on stage of like, I'm out here and I'm performing and like putting the best in myself, that's, you know, Judy Garland was amazing and she was a huge fuck up and there, that's frequently I've
0: got so much of that is not her fault yes oh sucks. God yes but yeah yes I hear you, yeah
1: and so I think that sometimes what works as a performer in real life uh, doesn't maybe work so well but that it's uh, right. it leads to sometimes... And you're valued for those things, which is the unfortunate part. You know? Well,
0: you know, you kind of answered the question in both ways that I hope people answer. Mm-hmm. It's, I've been asking that question and people have been responding like, oh, yeah, no, my my the work I do definitely impacts my mental health. Mm-hmm. But I realized that in my mind, I've been trying to ask it like, uh, how does it inform your work? Right. You know, and, and you answered both because you said it oftentimes gets into your uh, your sketches that you yeah. write and your characters. And I, I think that is true. It is it is weird when you're finding yourself in that place of looking at stuff, commenting on it. Now, I mean, I don't do much comedy anymore, but, you know, mm-hmm. when I was doing it, you know, it's, yeah, it's a, even writing and all that stuff, you find yourself going like, okay, well, you find these flaws in other people, but then, you know, you go, well, if I do it, you're looking at yourself, and you're hurting yourself, and then you go, well, I shouldn't be doing this as much to myself, and then that little stupid asshole voice in your head yeah. goes, Yeah. Uh, well, you'd be a hypocrite not to do it to yourself. You're like, I guess you're right. Let's keep doing this. So it's this weird, like. Uh,
1: I know, but I think it, there's a lot
0: of logic to depression.
1: I, yeah, and I think I think where it becomes our job. I remember like taking the acting teacher, and he's like, you know, you're. Most people, um, do you know David Rottenberg, the acting coach. I know and, the name. Yeah, yeah, and he's always like, you know, you're there's the the first thing, like when something terrible happens, you don't get angry right away. First, you're falling. He calls it falling, and most people out of self defense roll over into anger. But your job is to stay in that space, in that space, and do it for other people so they don't have to. You know, like if if right. you're to make it job and not just self indulgence, you're you're going and you're coming back with with a good or some kind of knowledge for everybody is, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, and we're going to come back to a lot of what you just touched on in a bit. I, I I also don't know how many times I've said that so far and not come back to (laughs) it, but we will,
1: we will try. We'll we'll do a little uh, Um, check back. Like, have we talked about everything at the end?
0: Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) I should really keep notes. Uh, so let's go back to mental health for a second. How have you treated yourself? You said you've been in therapy. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um, what other ways? And then I feel I mean, like you can talk about meds, uh, otherwise therapy, otherwise, or, or any, even if there's any weird things you've done, um, I,
1: like whatever you consider treatment. Sh- sure. Yeah. Um, I have a bit of an aversion to taking meds, which I recognize as my own. And like, sometimes they really work for other people, but, um, I do, I had some not great examples that I really worry about. Um, I had a friend who, uh, wasn't feeling great. And so her GP put her on antidepressants and cut to maybe a couple years after that. And she was on like 11 types of things, including lithium and then uh, something to help with the sleep. She was on so many different things. And she went way out to a place that was far worse to, from my where I was sitting than whatever had been happening to her before that. And it seemed, and of course, this is my judgment and she, you know, maybe would say like, well, but she really wasn't herself for a few years and she went through some real. She bounced back? She did. Yeah, she did. did, And and I think eventually people started like taking a look at what, what, maybe we don't, she doesn't need quite so many things. Was it her
0: GP the entire time? It was, she ended
1: up switching and uh, yeah, she went through some real um, things. And so I think because of that, I was always really suspicious of, of medication. Yeah, Plus the, do it. <laughs> the one time I tried going on the pill in, uh, back to hormones, the hormones in university, I went on the pill because I was like, Oh, you know, like this is, you know what you do. And when it came to the week where i normally would have my own PMS, it, I went insane. Hmm. I would cry without any relief. Like normally if you cry, you know, it, it gets it out, you drink some water, the chemicals are gone and you kind of have it. it I would, it was crazy. Oh, wow. And I thought, well, if I'm that, uh, susceptible to just that, I, I don't even want to go there like i you know like right, sure, sure, sure. um so i did go through a very tough time that was mainly self uh inflicted um uh, at the end of a relationship when in my late 20s i broke off a relationship really badly and i was really uh depressed and self-recriminating and it was really bad it was it was a terrible uh time but i did not want to go on uh on medication. So I ended up seeing a therapist and that was when I was like, like it was That's like right. twice a week, yeah. kinda of thing. Right. Yeah. And uh I do it took me a while to learn actually what what doing something for myself was. That buying stuff online or like, you know, do retail therapy is not necessarily it, it feels good, but it's not as good as going for a walk. Um it was good that I had pets. Well, so I good, had to like get up eating and, a cheeseburger feels yeah. good, but it's yeah like yeah.
0: you can't do it all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but the thing that, um, out of that experience, I remember that, uh, every relationship in my life got better because I went from being a pretty, um, nice, but maybe restrained person with other people to, I, I I had to talk about things because it was it was mm-hmm. so bad. So I started connecting with other people. It stays bottled up. A lot more, yeah. And it turned out like, oh, there are other people who've who've been in the same position, or they have their own thing. And so that's when I learned that um, a you can you can fool people really mm-hmm. easily. You can be like, how are you? And just listen. And even though you're having a terrible time, like that people will talk. But also that that helped me after a while. Yeah. You know, like. Um, and then for a while I was trying out, um, getting my self-regard out of myself. So I was like volunteering at uh, cat, the animal shelter down at hmm. the exhibition for a few years where I was just like, I would just go in and like help the cats and, uh, you know, play with them or brush them or whatever. And just having a thing outside myself and outside the home also. So you have to get out, you have to get up and do something. You have to take, you have to feed the cats, um,
0: this is, this is like the healthiest list of things <laughs> in response to, no, I didn't take meds, you know, like, because oh, yeah.
1: I feel like a lot of times people are like
0: against medication and they do a bunch of stuff. That, not all the time, of course, but, you know, there's stuff that that's actually all great because, you know, my biggest thing and people that have listened to this yeah. before will, and I, I know I sound like a broken record, but there's not a lot of repeat listeners. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's this thing of like, you know, you take, uh, uh, I think that meds. Are great for people that need them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on meds, and if you need it, you need it. But uh, if you're taking meds and you're not under the supervision of a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and you're not in therapy, like I think psychiatric medication is useless without therapy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do th- at the very least do therapy. But like that's why I don't like a general physician just being like, "Well, here you go," because like you take Zoloft so and you leave. It's like, well, yeah. unless it's very sp- like you know, yeah. the, like uh, Sugar, who was uh, my guest talking about PMMD um you know yeah that made sense because of the, it was under the guidance of her OBGYN, it made sense yeah. but it, in these other circumstances it's like well you know you gotta you know my, so my therapist why is that kind of therapy stuff uh, is y- good R- yeah. routine structure all that you know
1: yeah it it, it helped me navigate my own brain cause, um and not that I don't like do you know like ter- like oh we all do stupid things yeah I'm just saying
0: like you know that's I'm you
1: know. I certainly you know like um, my mom died about a year and a half ago and I certainly like, pulled a blanket of weed over myself like you know for sure. a while, um, but I'm just as before it
0: was legal so
1: oh oh yeah <laughs> i have a proud Canadian for a long time <laughs> I've been I mean I think most people in the city for sure uh, you know it, people drink. I, I'm not a drinker because I get too hungover, but no. um, but there were certainly times I I did stuff. I don't know. It's like I I was I was willing to like go into the weird wilderness of my own kind of dark side. I don't know. I felt I, I felt maybe maybe meds would have helped me. Who knows? Like oh, if somebody could guarantee me like take this and in two weeks like you really will be out of that that um, uh, self, you know, flagellating kind of. Oh yeah, I kind of take
0: that pill. I mean, that's the thing is that that pill doesn't exist. That's yeah. what everyone everyone thinks. That's why I have an issue with like GPs and stuff, just kind of throwing out a mm-hmm. throwing out a. Med- uh, and I guess for for Americans, I, I don't know if GPs is the same. I don't know term general physician. It'd be like a your your um, HMO, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, I don't know. It's like you know the uh, the problem with like just your doctor giving you pills is it doesn't just make you feel better. It puts you in a position. To Get yourself better Yeah It helps it, it it speeds it up Like you can go To extensive therapy mm-hmm. And not be on meds And it'll take you time And it'll still work Yeah But meds are uh, Like when I started I was like in a deep place And I needed to get out And now like You know Yeah I'm on my meds It helps Yeah <laughs> but,
1: I wish that, that I know. was Meditating every day I, I, I wish oh, well, that I did about, yoga Oh but yeah but like, Meditation is great too yeah. It's its own thing I just I've never I, I, I seem like a person Who would be into yoga And I have gone a few times And loved it But I just I should do that well, and I should I, do yoga too I mean that's so we what's all what's should thing. be you know i mean
0: yeah, but that, that's the thing i find funny is that yoga and meditation are very they're linked in certain ways but very different in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so many people don't want to meditate because they think it's like yoga when actually it's just you sit in the chair for a few minutes so, <laughs> and and look inside your brain kind of like what you, you know saying.
1: what actually i the uh i've never achieved like the state of mind that you know, that meditate but i will say that improv uh Sounds like a yes and kind of, you know, like, no, t- well, that's fine. but when I have a good improv set afterwards, I, f- I feel like it cleans up my brain in the same way that people describe meditation mm-hmm. or, th- um, because you're, you're literally in the moment and afterwards, like, it's like all the, the, the gunk is wiped away and you feel this elation and. It's it's yeah it's, it's funny. I mean, I,
0: I, you know, I I because I'm I was so skeptical about meditating for so long, mm-hmm. and even with this podcast, I mean, when I recorded the first set of episodes three years ago, I would always say, "Yeah, my therapist is telling me I should meditate, but I'm not. I haven't done it." Mm-hmm. And then I now I, I can only imagine anyone listening to the original episodes listening now because I'm like, "Oh, meditating." Yeah, but it is this thing where you know you listen to it, and people describe it as like a shower. You clean the gunk away, mm-hmm. and it, you feel refreshed. But it, it is like a shower. But you know, when you leave a shower, you're not always feeling refreshed. You're just doing what you got to do. Yeah. And that's the thing with meditation is is, is sometimes, yeah, I will do it and I leave feeling relaxed. Sometimes I'll do it and I'll be like, shit, I got to work on that. Yeah. But that's the idea. Is it's kind of like it's um it's it's not always relaxing. It, it sucks because I guess no one advertises it that way because it, it it's it's not like. It, it is that thing of uh, meditation is not going to make you feel better right away. Sometimes it will. Not always. It will make you feel better in like two
1: months. Yeah. It, when you um, think of it as like little, little deposits in the bank, you know. Exactly. Like that, uh, it's a skill. It's like, yeah.
0: learning a, it's like learning how to juggle. It's exactly like learning how to juggle.
1: <laughs> I had uh, actually, you know what, I, I also, sometimes I would, it was like a little self thing. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, I don't always consistently keep a journal but at some points I have and I would draw pictures of how I felt at the time and going back I and looking that. at those pictures it's like oh I was clearly in a shit oh, way man. Doing yeah this time.
0: I've seen oh that's that's yeah I went through a bad I've, I've been keeping a journal lately um like I've I've done it maybe I don't do it every day but I try to and mm-hmm. it's it's the first time I've ever done it more than like 3 days in a row cuz I used to always start journaling when I was in a bad mood mm-hmm. and so I would just occasionally clean my apartment and find these like handwritten journal things of like day one today sucked mm-hmm. you know and then day two it sucked and then it's done and then i stopped because <laughs> i started to feel better but just like over the years finding these things um okay l- let's go back to um some comedy stuff so you said you went to theater school mm-hmm. at first and then you took some time off mm-hmm. and then you went to see comedy so what did did you always have were you when you were in theater school, did you do any funny stuff or were you more very serious, very grounded? Or was there a point that was it just seeing that show that
1: you thought, you know what, I could do that? Or, um, I okay, I don't know if I can stress if I can convey to your listeners how serious the York University theater program is. Oh God. I um, I can imagine that is. There's, there's a, just to give you a baseline, they have a textbook, which is put, you know, like the history of theater and you have to take the thing and it's called The Brocket. Uh, Comedia dell'arte gets a whole chapter. Second City doesn't even get a mention in that whole fucking book. They actively dissuade you from, from comedy or trying to be funny or anything like that.
0: Well, anyone that's ever been to York University, this is going to be some real inside baseball (laughs) bullshit for people that aren't (laughs) from the greater Toronto area. Uh But yeah, if you've ever been to York University, the place is just, the most depressing campus on earth. It it's is all concrete. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It it's, it's way bad. up there. Yeah, I, if I had to do school again, not that I didn't learn things there and obviously it's like some of the school, I mean, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would definitely go to one of the downtown schools if only because like you're up on this weird Siberian gulag. It's at the top of the map, literally like when you look at the mm, TTC maps mm. And where I live. it's <laughs> I was living on campus. On yeah, campus. like it's it's far. It's like and at the time there was the Downsview, like the subway didn't go as far. It took an hour and a half to get downtown. So mm-hmm. even getting downtown to see different things, everybody on campus, pretty much the same age, no kids, no old people, no other variety of things. And when you're in the acting program, like they're lit, they tell you like, we're here to break down your Habits and ways, and we're gonna build the way you back
0: up. Works Holy
1: fuck! Like, I wish that I'd had more, like, a comedy troupe on the side or something, just to help me stay a little sane. Because you like, you buy in and you want to do well, and, and you're all black. you don't want to be cut. You know, like, it, it's very it's a serious. Cult. I we, I didn't have to fuck any leaders, so there's that. But I, it, is but it it's, required it's, for a cult. No, they they actually said like people that used to happen don't do that anymore. It oh, see, great, great. it seems like most cults. So that's that's part of it. But it was. um uh, and then I, uh, I I remember seeing ads for Mump and Smoot seeing ads for Les Tango and Lombard didn't even think occur to me uh, but I hadn't thought about going into comedy even though I'd like spent my childhood listening to Monty Python and watching all this sure. stuff you know but um, improv wasn't really a thing in Thunder Bay where I grew up like everybody else that seemed to be like yeah we went to the Sears Festival and you know it just wasn't uh, there at all in Thunder Bay so it just didn't occur to me and um, yeah, so it was just because my friend had been taking classes, and I don't even know why she started, but... Um, Saw the light. Yeah, and it just seemed, uh, now, I, I, and it, but it wasn't until I was doing improv on stage every night at Second City that I felt like I finally synthesized all the lessons they were trying to tell you, and I, I have ranted privately to many people, but I think that people, especially in this city and in this country, they um the there's a big gap between the drama side and the comedy side and mm-hmm. I think that people devalue comedians like there's lots of people who probably casting directors who maybe don't see you if you have second city on your on your resume whereas like for commercials or like get those second city people in yeah, but sure. I the specificity and the commitment that I see second city actors doing and other comedic actors like you can't it's so obvious it, right away, you know, if you're not doing comedy well, cause nobody's laughing. If people are doing bad in a drama, people are still going to applaud at the end and pe- and people will convince themselves like that was amazing. It's like, they, yeah, they yeah. were singing their lines. They weren't getting under it. They weren't there. Like you have to be so sorry. This is like in the middle of it. I'm hijacking totally this, fine. but, but the, the re the commitment that you have to have to do comedy well, I think is, is, um, glossed over sometimes yeah
0: i think so i mean i think uh, uh it's there's a difference between a chuckle and a guffaw and you know mm-hmm. and like in a dramatic play you may yeah. get some chuckles but you're not yeah. going to be getting guffaws and yeah. it's a whole different thing and you know it, but it, 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 it's for sure i think that it's a lot harder to do comedy than people give it credit for except for the people that do it
1: mm-hmm. it doesn't feel very hard i think that's the thing well yeah i mean when you once when you're, you're like doing flying. it you're like oh, yeah, yeah yeah i got this yeah
0: um so yeah, th- that's, that's an interesting, uh, I will say that some of my favorite comedy is, and comedians are the people that bridge the gap like that, yeah. like, uh, 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 like your show, I, I think it does that really well because of the commitment. And um, uh, I mean, Naomi and, and Matt, mm-hmm. and Naomi yep. and Matt Barham. For yep. p- if, you're, if you're listening, you don't know who they are. And a lot of you might not.
1: Yeah they spend Bear half Masikas. their time in they're LA though in LA. so you can go catch them in la yeah no, sure. look
0: them up They're they're really funny but they they, they spend a lot of time doing like theater mm-hmm. comedy shows totally. like, specifically and and um the templeton film harmonic yep. which is uh, uh Gwyn Phillips and uh, Brianna Templeton
1: I was just thinking about how talented Gwen they is this are morning so yeah. fucking funny they're so got to
0: play with them before I left uh, yeah. uh, and they are so funny and yeah it's, they're my favorite performances because I I, I, I really hate seeing a show. And there's a lot of this in L.A. You see a show and it's just a bunch of people just being smart asses
1: mm-hmm.
0: and not even that good. Like they're just up there talking and it's like, OK, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, okay, very funny. But it's the ones like I've, I've another friend of mine um, has a, a troupe and it's the first improv I've seen in years. And they're really funny because they are committing mm-hmm. and they're into it and they're following it and they're tracking it. And it's like it's great. Yeah. But I mean, as I said to you before we recorded, I do think that the worst kind of art is bad improv <laughs> the worst art so wretched fully completely it's so it's wretched terrible. oh god yeah um okay so let's let's talk about second city because mm-hmm. uh, uh so you started doing classes after seeing your friend do it yes um now th- th- the thing with second city that a lot of people i don't i think don't know is so you know if you're familiar with ucb mm-hmm. or or improv olympic io that kind of stuff it's improv and you think it's just people go up and they Make everything up, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is Second City is they do that, but you you have sketch shows that are written through improvisation. Yeah. So you start with a base, and and I know this, uh, it's weird doing podcasts because it feels <laughs> like I'm just in your house explaining to you as Second City. You Lewis, literally
1: are in my house explaining to me. Yeah, how I, I know, but,
0: but to anyone listening, <laughs> this is for you, not yes. <laughs> not for not for Mainstage alum or run uh, So but yeah, you come up with these ideas and mm-hmm. you you expand on that. So. Uh, it, it, we, people talk a lot about you know being a woman in comedy, and like it, it, right now it's it's a big thing just just women in the world, yeah, uh, which is great. It's like I'm glad we do this every like 20 years, um, <laughs> but Second City I think is one of those interesting things where like you know UCB people have issues with like okay well, you know not getting proper play time. And a lot mm-hmm. of the comedy theaters like stand up shows, not enough women being booked at Second City. So if you're on the cast, you're writing the stuff. So I'm wondering how, how if if it's if if it gives you a lot more of a chance to be more uh 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 uh, to put forth more of those ideas to comment on more things if that was something that was on your mind if if that was part of the experience
1: yeah i mean it's it's you at second city you are the writer and it's weird because you put six performers in that's the the people who are on the cast they are primarily the they're there to, to be the performers that they are And not that the writing is secondary, but they don't go around looking at people's, well, at least in Toronto, they don't go around like just looking at a script package or something and then choosing it from there. And uh, although I know that it's different in Chicago, that they will come in like with things written and that kind of stuff. But in Second City, um, in Toronto, you would come in with a premise, which is basically, it's hard to define like, what what is a premise? It's like the kernel of the scene it's what happens in the scene, not the backstory, not the description of the characters, but what happens in the scene. Like, this is,
0: oh yeah, no, go yeah, on.
1: like. Uh, um, I was just going to take this opportunity to pitch a bunch of premises, but then, <laughs> go ahead. Every day it happens, Um oh uh, and so you, the premise, or so the the idea with Second City was starting with improv from performers is that. Uh, you can you make choices in the moment in front of the audience with another improviser there choices that are kind of greater uh, than or more unexpected than the choices you would make just sitting by yourself with only your own brain at a computer or at a typewriter when you're in the, the writing process at second city it's the most stressful time because not everybody is a natural writer and people are more like performers you're trying to get yourself you know like how much are you in the show you're trying to get on stage you're trying to get your material and you hope that the director likes it you hope that the audiences like it that it's funny enough that you're represented well and you may or may not get along with your castmates either like Mm. because you're not it's not like you're choosing your compatriots you're being popped in there you're being popped in and you and, and the
0: And it's but the idea of what goes in the show as a director is the kind of like the buck stops there, would you say?
1: Yeah. I mean, and some directors, sometimes you get along with a certain director or they like your stuff. Other ones, they're more interested in a certain kind of scene. And mm. so you may like the director, but not have. you. They just don't jive or the cast is changed by one person and that completely changes the chemistry of status backstage. There is no. No one convinced of their own status more than like uh, uh, I will go on and say a male improviser in his twenties. Like sure. they really know what is right and wrong, and you yeah, know. Sure. The, <laughs> yeah, I wish we could hear the eye roll. You oh, you did. might
0: people that may have felt my my rolling of the eyes. <laughs> and, and but it's, felt it downstairs.
1: Yeah, it was it was a tough time. It was like a crucible, and I it, you know it's very it can be very depressing. And uh, but that was I remember like going down to like oh god should I quit and just like well I, just just the 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 discipline of like. I don't know if I'm terrible or not. All I can do is put my head down and keep going. And that, the the as far as mental health, like the um, the sense of like all I can do, I can't see the end right now. I'm just going to put a foot. In front of the other that's and the work, advice, yeah. Uh, for anything, yeah. That's all you can because sometimes you can't trust your own perceptions about yourself and your situation, right? Like, right. maybe I'm so down, I'm only seeing the negative, or I haven't seen the sun for several days, and I'm a bit dehydrated and like low. Invite, you know, like, there's so many things. So, kind of sometimes the only thing you can hang on to is like, where's the next step? And that's true in, at Second City. And
0: do you think? So you said, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, there's a comment about <laughs> just a male improviser in his 20s, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, it's, in terms of the way it works is because the performers are the writers and yeah. you're, you're all bringing ideas to the table. I mean, if you're, it, it was it equal relatively in terms of like, was there equal footing in terms of being able to bring ideas there or, 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 or was it able, would were you able to find a more empowering place in that or was it?
1: Yeah. Tough? It, 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 like I said, it, it changes each time the cast changes and each time the director changes. Uh, the first show I was in, I was kind of like uh, I was really new to improv. I had my my you know York background, so I was like working as hard as I could to bring that kind of stuff. But I had not, done, I didn't have the same experience as everybody, so I was just kind of feeling my way. We had a clown, we had Mike Kennard, who's one a half month and Smoot. He was our director, and he had this really weird like intuitive kind of thing. And so I had a good, I had a really fun good show for my first sec- uh, scene, uh, my first show. Second show. Uh, the cast cha- had changed a little bit. Those dynamics changed. Love the director, Chris Earle. And I loved the show that came out of it, Psychedelic Contestant, but it was like my worst show. And we did that show for 10 months. And I remember like oh, wow. this, this, the, the night How after... How you op- usually do a show? Now they do them for six months oh. here. Um, it was a long time. And it was like, I remember the second night after opening bowing to the audience and feeling like so ashamed that this was my show I'd given to people. And, but I learned by the end of that to just like love the time on stage, right. like, you know, love the improv sets. And so the next show I did, uh, I got some of my favorite scenes in the show had a lot of problems. And then my final show, um, we had, uh, Bruce Perry as our director and I think at that point I had more confidence Carolyn Taylor, who's on Baroness, like this that's where we met at Second City. Um, she I didn't do any scenes that weren't with her. And it was like Bruce just like whatever we threw down, he got. Um, so I had the like opposite thing as I had with Chris Earl, where like I just couldn't get the, the political stuff that Chris Earl really liked. But Bruce Perry loves to laugh and he loves like I it was like it was just easy. Yeah,
0: you just do fun stuff, yeah. But
1: um also As far as like uh, being a female, like because you know I get asked about that all the time, obviously because currently, yeah, yeah, and it's like there's such a moment in Baroness, obviously, like it's a big, uh, it's a big thing. At the time, I remember thinking that Second City was kind of a like it was a bit of a sanctuary because I almost never ran into or felt I never ran into sexism. Occasionally, it would happen, but um, previously in the Second City world, there had been a long time in Chicago where it was always two women and four men. Right, um, and I think it was Tina Fey who changed that. Um, and at, Se- at Second City in Toronto, that had been the case at a certain point, but it had changed. So, uh, in my experience, I the men changed in our cast, but Jen Goodhue, Carolyn Taylor, and myself were we were, we did the all three shows together. So, oh. or all of my shows uh, was the three of us together, and the guys would come in and out, and um, so I especially, you know, I did a lot of writing with with Carolyn Taylor, especially in our last show, and we didn't fetter ourselves, if that's the right word, it was like like let's do a show, let's do a scene about people who just really love complicated words, so we would do it. Mm-hmm. Um the only time we ran into uh any kind of sexist kind of stuff is Carolyn had this uh scene where at the end of it she had it's revealed she has an incredibly huge period stain on the back of her white jeans in a in a junior school assembly and when uh it, we had there was some some hang-ups to overcome in the men in the organization around oh, that really
0: yeah not understanding or just not
1: oh they were just grossed out they were like mm, is it earned it's like this is the biggest laugh i've ever heard you know like you've let such crazy shit co- go right. you know um but it was
0: a place i did yeah, feel I it would come in those comments and sorry, sorry to interrupt but yeah, like, yeah. It, 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 those comments would probably be where this is because i feel like you know and obviously this is different for a lot of people and I'm sure there's different experiences for a lot of people, but you know, I feel like a lot of sexism and, and, and racism and things I see yeah. come from like people just not getting it. Like not, they're not saying like, well, that's a woman thing. Yeah. But they
1: would be like, I don't know. Is it earned or is it like, it comes yeah. in
0: back door through trying to comment on the actual yeah. joke. And or when like, they're
1: looking over it, it's like, Oh, I'm like, st- you know, kneeling there kind of painting on her butt with the red acrylic paint and you know?
0: Too much, you know, <laughs> or they
1: go by and go. You know, it's like uh, you, those true. those I think things that probably would have surprised them. They didn't realize that those little exactly, bumps were inside yeah. them. But you, their very first reaction was that. I mean, luckily by that point we were like, oh, I don't give a shit. We're doing the scene, you know. You so you have veteran performers. Uh, yeah. At that point, yeah. 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 Um, and also, like, I mean, I talk about my dad and his mental stuff, but also, like, there's uh, I come from a family of five girls. And so there was no brother to contrast with. Okay. And my dad is also like, he's, uh, he's one of the, I, he's never used the word bitch. I've never heard him use it besides like in a sailing race saying, well, you son of a bitch, but he's the, one of the least sexist guys that I know that I can think of. So we, we were just always like, you're going to do your thing. Why wouldn't you? You know, like
0: I've had to, I've had to work on saying the word bitch. I just like, it it just is, it was so in my vocabulary, Mm -hmm. just in a, in a casual way. And my girlfriend, when we first started dating was like. Nah, it's not for you. And I was like, <laughs> hey, you know, I, and I, I subscribed to a very, like. I mean, I think when I was younger, I had a lot of like an attitude of, well, words are just words. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up, I was like, well, if it bothers some people who it generally applies to, then I won't say it. Cause right. what the? who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, oh, no, I don't get to say it. Bummer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm Jewish. There's a lot of shit I'd rather people not say. <laughs> I <you> bet. Know? <laughs> um, I'd like to go to uh, uh, talk about Baroness. Sure. sketch. A little bit. So, uh, just for people that are uninitiated, if you want to tell them a little bit about
1: what it is. Sure. Uh, Baroness wants Sketch Show. It's a it's a televised sketch show that um, Carolyn Taylor, and Jennifer Whalen, and Meredith McDeal- McNeil and I uh, we created. We've we've had we're about to or we're a few months away from our fourth season airing. So it's uh, it's been going to the CBC. It's. Uh, it's um, a show we created because um, uh, Meredith McNeil, she just come back from England where there is more female representation on TV and certainly in the sketch world. And she'd been involved in sketch there. And she just she came back uh, after living in the UK for a long time and just wasn't seeing it on TV. And um, she had connected with Carolyn Taylor at this hour's 22 minutes. And then Carolyn knew Jennifer Whalen and myself. So uh, we came in also. And we wanted to make a show that was made for for TV it, it's uh it's single camera although we do use two cameras sometimes but it looks like single single camera it's it's not um we never do it in front of a live audience we do it on location um yeah, for people
0: that don't know the difference single cam is just yeah. like the office or Parks yeah. and Rec and multi cam is like friends Seinfeld or yeah. Big Bang like it's yeah audience stuff
1: Yeah uh, we don't have a laugh track and we were all just really we were on really on the same page as far as like what we wanted to what kind of comedy? We knew it, we wanted it to be relatable, and then take it absurd. Not that I don't love absurd for absurds. I mean, I love Monty Python, and there's, oh, sure. you know, but we wanted to start with what is uh, true, and we wanted also to start from our perspective. And they're not, um, although there is a, a ton of female sketch comedy in Canada live, um, um, there hadn't been. Uh, I don't know that there'd been anything since like maybe Listen Missy, which had been like in the 90s, you know, like it just wasn't on screen. And I think because because, uh, Broad City had done really, really well... Mm And, you know, at that time, like, if you're pitching anything to people, it's Broad City and this put together. Like, that was or a really... Whatever release, year yeah. it is, got to If you had thing, a web yeah. series you wanted to do well, you know... Um. I've always wanted to hear the most absurd combinations <laughs> of things. Yeah. But, you know, we'll get to that another time. Um, so that... And the Tina Fey, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler thing, I don't think you can discount that. Because they had just, uh, you know, they had done so well that people, I think, here felt safe to... Like, they were looking for that. I, I think... You know, not that we not to discount our own experience and stuff like that, but you know, when people are like, "Why do we want to show this show now?" It's like we were kind of trendy. Our idea, you know, it was. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, it, it's like one of those double edged swords of like, I'm really super happy mm-hmm. to see the, you know this show get a chance, and it just it just sucks that the, the, the other side of it is that it's like because probably some executive was like, "Well, we should." It it's on. It's gonna make us money to have women on TV right now. It's like fuck God. Okay, good. Thank you. I, yeah, like, yeah. You know. It's
1: always a double H kind of thing, you know. Like uh, uh it's uh, and, I mean, it's second city. Like, you kind of it's like it's like a mountain. Like you can only you know if the if the mountains only been one way or one color, you know, for a long time. Like you have to. But, you know, the this Toronto comedy scene was very male and very white for a really long time, and women getting into Second City and into the sketch thing like that was its own thing. And then the the scene has broadened out. It's like it's like a it's like a like a coral reef. Like it keeps on building up, and it you, it can get higher and more diverse because of everybody doing stuff. So sure. now, uh, I think people would be surprised to if we could have a little like drop ourselves back twenty years ago, and be like, whoa, I can't believe it was that white and that oh, sure. you know. Um, and well,
0: to that credit, I mean, the other thing I, I really like about Baroness is that, you know, when I tell people to watch it, what I think it does is it's twofold. I mean, yeah, it, it, it has female representation mm-hmm. in a big way on TV, but it's also like probably... One of the first actually funny TV shows to come out of Canada, uh, <laughs> maybe in a long—I t- mean, in a long time. I was going to say well, maybe that's ever. That's the part that you have stuff, to do. Right? But that's like the thing. But it—it—it's—I—I—it it, it, uh, I, 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 it was embarrassing for a long time because not. Guess it's the fault of any Canadian comedians. Mm-hmm. Canadian comedians are really funny. Yeah. But all this stuff that was being put on TV for a long time, just was just super micromanaged and dealt from it was like they were putting just different stuff so this show is so funny
1: i think it's i i i I agree with you the stuff being micromanaged i mean we've seen again and again and again like you know when uh you know in the u.s and you know like when things are too um micromanaged they can lose their stuff and lose what makes them magic um i mean we you know Sketch in general, like I was saying earlier, like sketch doesn't necessarily, like we had to argue with people to get a budget to, to, Mm -hmm. people are like, well, it'll be easy. It's like, no, 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 this is gonna be harder. We have to have, it's like making a new short story every every single time. The new set, like the costumes have to be specific. It has to be well, like the acting has to be better so that it's the right tone, but the right funny tone too. And, um, and you know, there's a lot of wretched comedy out there. Like, you know, but when you do get it right, uh, people, uh, I was talking to my husband Chris about this. Like, when people love sketch, they love sketch. Like, it, oh yeah, it's there's a thing terrible. on Netflix right now where um, uh, British uh, performers are talking about what is their favorite Monty Python sketch. Yeah, right? I saw that. I, I yeah, I, it, it's I uh, like and that. I kn- I know exactly what they mean because we just introduced my son to like the records and it's like oh god, I love Michael Palin so much. Listen, you know, you remember What's your those things.
0: Monty Python sketch, just out of curiosity. <sighs>
1: I I think that the would you like to have an argument that's my I was just gonna say it's I nice. love it so, so much fun. I love that's it great. so much um and I used to like when I was a little kid I would like I would I could do the entire almost the entire going on vacation monologue you know like you know um I saw it uh, uh, so in the bala supplement the bala supplement you know and then he goes yeah. on and all like really caught my eye you know you do on and on and on about how they don't do things well and it's right, Eric well, Idle okay. talking oh, about going sure, on vacation sure, sure, sure. I used to be able to do all that um yeah. What was I talking about? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you're uh, sketch. Sketch, sketch. Right. My sketch. My sketch. (laughs) Um, so I think we, we all had, we were all in our forties. We'd all been involved in various projects that hadn't been our cup of tea. Uh, you know, doing different things, and so we all really knew what we wanted. We were extremely clear on what we wanted, and uh, I think for women too, like there's a more of a tendency to be like, oh, you must, you know, like to be a little bit more conciliatory. Um, but we were done with that. We we're like, we've we've got to make That's this work, right. and we know, yeah, sure. you know, you know, Carolyn had been working in so many writing rooms, and Jenna been a head writer, all this stuff, and so. Um, I think also like we don't spend time like it's peak TV. Like, you know, we'd all been watching everything like either like, like make it amazing or don't make it, you know,
0: well, that, that's actually, that kind of, this all leads really well into my next question, you know, and this is when I, I'm going to try and phrase well, cause I feel like it can come off kind of shitty and I don't want it to do. Okay. But it, it's this idea of like, I've noticed that we're living in a time where people are kind of starved for this kind of content mm-hmm. and it's a, really simple equation of like you know you just get good people to do it and it'll be good Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and just let them do it yeah but uh, the the thing is i I, i've seen there's so much stuff and i mean i'm off facebook now i'm off this is me bragging again i'm off facebook and twitter but i find some is being shared as hilarious that is just is is not funny it's correct Mm -hmm. it's just not funny it's just people saying like is women should be treated equally. And everyone's like, that's funny. It's like, no, for God's sake. I don't know if It's very, it's very correct. It's not hilarious. You yeah. Know? So I'm wondering how you strike that tone, because I, I think that Baroness is just, is, so funny and you like you were talking about with second city make a lot of great political points and all that stuff. And you make a lot yeah. of great statements. How do you strike that balance of, of not getting to a place where it's too, and I put this in air quotes preachy, you know, where it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just making a point and not being funny uh, as opposed to, you know,
1: yeah. the other way. I think that it's, it, there, you, ha- you have to present truth and it's kind of like how big is the group whose truth you're representing if it's a group that whose truth has never been presented, you're certainly going to a get a lot of people who are who are ready to applaud it no matter what. But also, there are people who are going to applaud it because they're like, "Thank you, finally, somebody said right, what right, I right, right. yeah." And sometimes we still get people saying like, mm, you, "You have any? Why do you have so many women centered scenes on your show?" Well, yeah, you know, yeah, that kind
0: of shit's ridiculous,
1: obviously. And I mean, we have certainly. Um, we have written sketches where it's saying something political, but it's a bit hamfisted and you just don't see those ones because we overshoot and overwrite to a large degree oh, yeah. because we're really ruthless in the edit suite. Um, we sit in on the, the edits of the scenes themselves and then when we're choosing the scenes like we have an incredible amount of, of creative control and that's I think it's important for us as women that we have that but it's more for me anyway it's more important that as comedians we are in the 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 driver's seat and the final creative control, besides, of course, the network, you know, like kind of like well, they, yeah, yeah, sure. um, but it rests with us. So, and right. we're really, um, uh, like I say, ruthless. It's just like, mm, this one isn't making me laugh so much. Or it's too, like, we really are rigorous about like what is funny. It's like, I wish that this one could make it, but it's just too hamfisted. And we have, I, I think that that's partially our age our personalities. I know the, the second city is a huge part of like Meredith was never part of second city. Cause like I said, she was in the UK, but for the other three of us, like we, there's kind of like an ingrained sense of does this have the right, it's like, you can hear an audience response in your head. So, you know, like also like what's the, uh, what's the rhythm of it like you know it's right but is it funny like, yeah. That kind of thing. yeah and we've even put out like there's some sketches we put out a sketch really really early on that kind of the premise was like if women ran the world it would be much much better I remember that the UN one yeah that's yeah. the I would say the one that I least agree with because like my personal thing is like I think everybody should have the opportunity to run the world everybody probably has the same capacity to fuck it up you know yeah, like sure, sure, sure. Um, I think but but um, but certainly it's it's not like there's been a glut of female sketch in yeah, the sure. history of sketch. So there's, you know, sometimes just saying something out loud is it's like, whoa you know, like well, and
0: I don't. And that's one of those things I find interesting is like I, I, I always understand reaction, you know, like mm-hmm. on these things. I always understand why a lot of things get shared when, mm-hmm. when I even if I don't find them funny. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, that's yeah boy. but i mean and that's just from me being a mm-hmm. you know, comedian that i just kind of get a little anal about it and i feel like i'm probably guilty of a lot of what i was saying earlier about you know dudes in just being like well does it does it was it earned yeah you know i'm sure i'm guilty of that too but it, so that's I, it, but it sounds interesting like your process of it almost is you start huge with like well let's get the point out when you write it and then you break it down to, is it funny mm-hmm. and then you shoot it And then you break it down to, is it funny? So, like, do you have to separate those two things, I think, for it to work? It has to
1: be funny first. Like, that's the the thing, because nobody loves being preached to. um, So it has to be something that... I think some people do lately. I don't know. I guess, well, yeah, there's certainly some... That's, yeah. I mean, sometimes extreme messages are really um, seductive. Sure. But it's... Sometimes, I think it's mostly that we're always, like... Is this true? And also like this is true for like us as white women who live in a big city, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, um, so we have we try to be really rigorous of like, do I know this to be true? Do enough people at the writing table know this to be true? And it's not always like as a woman, this is true for me. But like we I think everybody tries to start from like me going out, going through my life as a person. I find this is true. And if you want to, you know, I think we've seen again and again in art, the more specific and truthful you get, the more universal uh, a piece of art can be. Sure. Um, I certainly do believe that like underneath it all, you know, we are all the the same, like the essential truth of being a human being. Like, you know, we, we are all the same and you forget that because of the packaging. And so if you write from the packaging, then you might only... Uh, appeal to other people of the same package but if you're writing from what's underneath you know the stupidity of things and like I said like the self-criticism that comes back oh, yeah, like sure. um, that's I think it's like it's like that was the dumbest thing I just said I can't believe I obsessed about this and um, I will say that even though like I said sometimes people are like are there too many women scenes I've had just as many men I've had nine-year-old boys I've had retired dudes say like oh man that sketch about like building the fire I've done that exact thing or whatever or um, so if if we're doing our job properly, it speaks to women for sure, mm. and everybody else who's well, ever I, been a person.
0: And, that, and that's the thing that I think is so important. What mm. I love because I, I, something that I talk about with Savannah a lot, and she's she brought it up, so that helps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you is, feel justified in bringing it. up. The girlfriend says, "I didn't it's think it's of and a, she it." She did. Yeah,
0: that's the like, It's not a bad thing. But it is funny. <laughs> it's just that she's. You know, we we we'll, we'll, like see these movies, and there's these movies, and. You know, it's an all female cast. And it's like, awesome, great, yes, give me Mm -hmm. that. But there's always this one moment or in a show where they'll like have like this one point where they make a point of saying, like Ocean's Eight. I loved Ocean's Eight. It was an Mm -hmm. Ocean's movie. It's Mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. But you know, she pointed out there's that one scene where they go, People aren't going to think we can do this because we're women. It's like mm-hmm. just, just do it. She's like, just, just put women doing things on stage, that, mm-hmm. on screen, and on stage. It's awesome, and then we'll get the message. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like to what you're saying, like that idea with one of my favorite sketches, and one that I, I think I showed her as her introduction to your show, was the uh, the pharmacy one
1: mm-hmm. with the. Um, oh, she's trying to, c- trying, to her, trying to buy monistat and I won't let her. Trying to buy monistat and you won't let her.
0: Yeah, and that, that you know you explain it, and it makes a lot of sense because it's that whole thing of of you know I've never bought monistat. But I've gone to a pharmacist to get embarrassing shit before. Yeah. And just the idea of, like, getting, you know, shit from the pharmacist is really funny and, like, it being really embarrassing is really funny. That's what I find funny. Yeah. I can understand why there's an extra
1: layer of, like...
0: Yeah. You, know, you could bring a societal layer of like, well, the medical industry and doctors blaming women and not putting this thing right over the mm-hmm. counter. Why does it have to be, you know, it's like the or whole why thing. does somebody
1: feel they have to explain your body exactly. to you? All that. Yeah. yeah. It has that extra or that other uh, stuff for women, but you're right. Like hopefully like you, you get, you get it. E- if you, even if you don't know, um, uh, but if you know it's like oh, oh yeah exactly and that so, came, that was a thing funny about it, yeah know, and yeah. that was a thing that happened to to Meredith McNeil she was trying to buy it Jeez. and you know maybe the pharmacist thought they were being helpful you know the Virgo part of me gets that but it's like but what it comes across is like it's like just give me the thing I'm asking
0: for yeah well I mean I one time I had to get something for this is a hard story to tell without it sounding bad but mm-hmm. it's like I had to get something that was for like you know, down there it was a not it was a mm-hmm. non-sexually related thing. It mm-hmm. was a thing that happens. I don't understand. it doesn't matter. I needed a thing. And I and the pharmacist was just like I went to a new pharmacy, like a local pharmacy. I was mm-hmm. like, We're not gonna go to a one, the big change chains. And the guy was like, trying to be helpful and friendly. So this is for dad. I'm like, yeah, just mm-hmm. give me the fucking pills, man. Just yeah. give me the pills and
1: get out of here. Yeah. Um I don't know that I've ever done better work than that scene. It was in the first season, so <laughs> it's funny. all downhill from there. So funny. Um <laughs> I think the thing is that when you are the first of something or one of the very few, there's extra pressure on you to succeed. Um, Adam Sandler has made so many crappy movies. Um, but They do keep making money, I guess, and nobody suggests it maybe white guys well, do shouldn't do, making they do keep make, maybe they're like, maybe we shouldn't give other, it's like, that was a terrible movie. You know what? It's cause he's a, he's a guy or it's cause he's a white guy. We shouldn't give other white guys a thing. But, right. um, there's extra pressure on like, if say Black Panther hadn't done incredibly well. Yeah uh, and been an amazing movie, like maybe Marvel wouldn't have taken that chance. I don't see, uh, it's not, we're, I think we're still seeing uh, like, you probably won't get another sketch show of women in their white women in their forties.
0: Yeah. Cause people go, Cause well, that's all that's, that one you know, exists. then
1: that's too many of those, yeah. that special thing as opposed like, there have been a lot, like there are a lot of, Do sketch troops. Um, They are about to actually start shooting tall boys to men, which is like for very young, you know, like non-white guys who are like, yeah, that's that's happening. And I think if if uh, if we could make it that the deep like the main default isn't that that we're not an exception and like thank god we did well and also like not just as women but also as like canadian creators staying in the in the oh the yeah country, thank you right i mean that's the thing canada, that's the main thing if you, like, if
0: you have people listening from the states i mean the problem with canada uh, and the entertainment the not that there's one but is that a big thing is like you know we don't all of the stuff we watch is american yeah growing up and any of the canadian stuff is was at least when i was growing up it was like not great Cause it wasn't, it was the same group of people like a lot of the time mm. and
1: maybe not taking chances. And also because there's just not the economy to do it. Like there's exactly. 10 times the people in the States and they can fail way more. Like we don't see all the shitty stuff, but we now, see now, the great there's stuff. All, now now
0: I'm in the States on Netflix. I'm seeing Schitt's Creek billboards, which yeah. is a
1: Canadian show. I'm oh seeing, yeah. Kim's you know, convenience is on uh, US Netflix. Working yeah, work in mom's on US. We're begging them to put our show on. Th- on
0: being on IFC is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. You know, it just it makes me so happy because I'm seeing you know so yeah. many amazing performers that weren't getting a shot, yeah. Now getting out there and showing more stuff.
1: I hesitate to invoke his name because he uh, he makes me mad. But I think that when Louis C.K. got that deal for his show Louis, where like FX was like, oh, yeah. "Here's two hundred thousand thing, you do, do what you want. you want." And he and it's like when you let a good creator like make a show, um, and good, you know everybody good creatively, a good creative, yeah, creator, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when that he makes uh, he makes me angry because That's he's so such bad. an art well, I mean, besides what he did, um, he's such an articulate, funny, person on so many other issues and his the way he's handled it since like he could have told us really articul- articulately, like a couple of other men have done, of like what it is to be that person, to do that stuff and go through the shame. But instead of of, was- of instead of coming back from that darkness with something valuable for all of us that we could have like Learned from, and he could have learned from. He just took this super defensive thing. So it's too bad because it's tarnished. The yeah, I
0: mean, it, it, uh, it's uh, I, I I hate when I hear his name. I hate I when people keep talking about it. Every time he's in the news, I get upset because it it it's it such and it, it's so weird to say from like the perspective of just a first of all just a dude, but mm-hmm. like, uh, a dude that just listened and had no interaction. But mm-hmm. It's that idea of like you know, man, you you built your whole thing that a lot of people liked on being a voice of reason yeah, and making that and, that, and that, opening
1: up your own dark places to be <laughs> such a piece of shit in oh, such yeah.
0: a potent way
1: it's like I'm personally disappointed because I loved him so much and I loved and what he said about parenting and I know. women and, 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 but and but race again, I, still and think about, some, yeah.
0: I still think about some of his stuff sometimes oh, yeah. and I still quote it sometimes yeah. because in a sense of like you can't take away the, the correctness of certain things mm-hmm. just going back you know yeah we talked about comedy for a while we got into that uh, to mental health for a second um and I feel like you know, this has been great because you, you, even though we have been talking about comedy, you've been splicing in these little moments of, of, of mental health stuff. So growing up in a family that had you know, mental health mm-hmm. issues prevalently, I mean, d- did that impact your way of
1: looking at your mental health and, and your way of dealing with it? Yes. I, I would say growing up, being a youngest child huge huge for comedians there was a one point in second city where all of us in the cast were all youngest children and there's to get i'm the youngest too yeah yeah. right like you have to and uh four older sisters and there's a there's a bit of gap between me and the next one so there's six years between the next youngest and then the oldest one is 11 years older than me so there are these four big you know articulate really smart people um so you have to run faster to catch up and and w- I think once I realized that me like imitating commercials could get people's attention, um, was was great. But also with a dad who has random bad moods, a you get incredibly good at reading the atmosphere in the house in- immediately. Like
0: that's a big young youngest child thing, anyway. I know? think
1: it's a big y- yeah. And my dad was never like he's never abusive, uh, physically or, or or you know crazy uh, rages or anything like that, but you still had to like be really aware of like what's going on with him. Um, and I've heard that reported from other people who have like, you know, something big is going on with your parents. You just learn to, to read people uh, yeah, immediately. Sure. Um, and I think also when you learn like on my mom with her, like, you know, depression and stuff like that, like sometimes you learn that like you have to be a bit together because they're not, um, And if you do something right, like if you are this person, this version of yourself, everybody around you will be a little bit happy, right? If I'm, if I can make my dad laugh, that breaks the tension. Mm. Um, And then if you're not getting positive uh, feedback just for being born, if you feel you have to work a little bit for that love that primes you for a career in the arts better than anything you know you just like me isn't necessarily worthy of attention and love so i better step it up a bit um that's it's 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 so
0: it's so true to like my experience as a youngest child that it made me for so long be like how did anyone that's not the youngest go into this like what? But it, it's funny because everyone's got different yeah. reasons. But
1: but you you hear again and again like they had a terrible childhood, so they excelled like Quincy Jones. I mean, you know, some like some people that had amazing childhoods. You're yeah. like,
0: wow, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, my knows? childhood was fine. Like it was. Yeah. Had issues, but you know who didn't?
1: But it's it's. Um, uh, I think if you can make people laugh, you can control the conversation. And you know, there's some people who can never let it go. Like we've seen that. Like it, You they are always on and it's almost just like bud like please like love you you know it's okay um but if you can do that there's this little pleasure of like okay good they all laughed okay good i'm okay
0: my girlfriend makes fun of me for how much I, I get pissed off when somebody doesn't laugh. Something. <laughs> it's like, I don't like them. They didn't laugh. She's like, oh, for oh, oh God, They didn't no. give you the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't so, give
1: you what you were looking for.
0: So then if, if that's the history and that, that was the way it was growing up, I mean, you said that it was a certain point your dad got diagnosed and it yeah. made sense. Was that like, as a, were you adult at that I point? I was 27. Right. So... Uh, then growing up, like, when did you first go to therapy? Like, was that an accepted idea in your family?
1: No, no. Um, no. Even now, my dad doesn't go to talk therapy. He's on he's on different medications. But um, uh, I first went to therapy actually in fourth year at York because my grandmother had just died and I was so burnt out. I was just a mess. I was crying and crying. So I started going to see a therapist. Uh, and then... Um, but it took me a while to, to, to stop the patterns, even though my dad had been diagnosed and I had started going to therapy. It's not like I was like, oh, I'm going to do great things for myself right away. Like it t- sure. t- turning that ship took a, a while. It was a bit of a slow turn. Um, and uh, so it wasn't until I had the therapist that I have been seeing for a long time. Uh, he is a very steady, quiet presence. And uh, it took a long time of him being that. Not that he stepped in and was my father or, be, you know, tried to become a father figure. But he kind of, it, it's, uh, it took several years for me to finally, like, really calm down, trust him, that he was that presence in my life, um, that I, I could relax about some things and finally well, talk about some things. That's why therapy is so yeah. good. It's
0: like having, because, like, that's why I think everyone should be in therapy, because you have this one outside pillar yeah that is just there that has nothing invested yeah. in anything it's
1: just so steady you don't have to worry about how he, how they feel about what you're saying what they're gonna say to your friends yeah you know? are they gonna yeah. say to your friends are you gonna have enough time you know every week I can go I can be late if you have issues with lateness and I had to go through that phase mm-hmm. um uh, but that he, and he was really, he, he didn't, he, he wouldn't come to see any plays that I was doing. He tries to avoid watching the show cause he just wants to have oh, like I his experiments. Never, I, mean, I know. I was like, yeah. please watch the show. This is, you know, but he wouldn't. Um,
0: I, I've thought if I bump into my therapist outside of the office, a black hole will open. Up. I don't know what I would do. I think I, it, yeah. it, 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 what would they be wearing? Like imagine seeing him at the beach, like <laughs> something like that. I just, it, it is the whole thing is
1: we would have to talk, you'd have to talk about it. The whole next session would be like how you felt when you saw them. And, like.
0: and then it would be ruined.
1: But he was, but it was, <laughs> but I think that he helped me, uh, and that particular quality and like, you know, he articulated like the, the five times that he actually gave me advice. And you know, I was talking about like whoever I was in love with. Um, because You know, I think many people attest to this. When you have a troublesome relationship with one of your parents, you're drawn to that person in your romantic life, Mm. or and or that kind of person, or that kind of relationship, or your friendships, or whatever, which not aren't necessarily always great for you. And I remember him one time saying, "You know, you're worth hanging out with, even if you're not sleeping with a person." Because I was stressing about something like that, and nobody had actually said that to me, and. And I, rem- and it, 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 you know, like that penny just drops something as basic is weird as that. When you
0: finally hear something Cause it's something you can hear something a million times. Somebody could say that a million times. And then there's just one day where you're like, Oh yeah. Just that moment. It's thinking, my therapist said something like that to me the other day. I don't even remember what it was. I think, you know, I think he said something like you trust in your thoughts too much. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And it just hits. Yeah. Like, I know that, but.
1: And that penny finally drops. And, uh, and i would say that uh like the measure of success is that i'm now romantically with somebody who i really like <laughs> which is yeah, isn't that nice how many times me it, like,
0: too it's great
1: <laughs> we, we were you know i mean how many relationships are out there and how many that i had both about my
0: partner and yours i like your partner yes mm-hmm.
1: good cuz is great but it's like you know you there are a lot of times and i certainly made choice some choices where it's like i don't actually like this person i just have suspended antipathy but that feels really sexy kind of you know and Um, and then when you start, when you stop having that in love feeling, you realize, oh, I hate this person. Like they're not good for me at all. And I, I would, I know that there's a zillion relationships like that. So, um, and I would say that, uh, because I went through all that, because I'm older now, I, I parent also, maybe I overcompensate, but like we, um, we have a real loving, awesome relationship with our kid. And, uh, and well, and when we do things that we regret as parents. Like we'll talk to him. It's, it's pretty open and he's a very lovely little loving person. So yeah, the closeness that I have with him, I really value because I, I love my parents and, um, but it's like, Oh, I could have used, less of this and more of this and you know
0: I imagine it's it's a weird calculus that one can't even really do because it's like I I remember you know talking to my brothers a couple times recently and they'll be like do you think that when our parents did this they screwed us up and I'm like probably I don't know because like my thing is like you know it's like yeah okay let's say you're Parents did this and it, and 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 maybe you, or or let's okay let's say you eat glue let's go let's just go somewhere crazy <laughs> let's say you eat uh, eat glue as Delicious an adult glue. and and it, and and you're like do you think it's because you know mom and dad did this it's like maybe but you got to stop eating glue you yeah. know what I mean it's like it doesn't really matter how we got here it's let's let's just talk about
1: it, it matters for like I'm e- sure
0: there's something.
1: A, you know, oh, f- you he'll have something everybody
0: up in every way. That's, yeah, there's nothing you can do. Maybe you
1: know? we love him so obviously that he'll be an underachiever. Who knows? You know, it's oh god, yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, All these things, but
1: yeah, but yeah, it's and it's it's a bit hard to sort out. Like, um, like my mom's mom was an alcoholic and my dad's mom beat him till he was about 15. Neither, neither of them did those things, like, so I didn't know that until late in my 20s. But then I'm like, oh you are person like you are a person who is a product of alcoholism though and things. you are a person who is a yeah impacted by that so now knowing those things now it makes a little mis- a sense so you can when it's subtle sometimes it's harder to pick apart like if your parent really obviously abuses you and there's no good good things uh, although it's painful it can be a lot easier in some ways to say like you are wholly bad for me and I'm gray rocking you and I'm yeah, not going to yeah, see you but it's hard to it's do like that. I love you but you chip away at my self esteem and I always want to oh, stab yeah, my own sure. eyes out when I visit you you know that kind yeah, of stuff yeah sure sure
0: but but you're lovely yeah. but
1: but once you get over saying like okay they've did, done this to me and it's like okay I am this way and I can move on that's a big step that sometimes takes a long time to get into and some people never do um, sometimes you know you Same people who are to
0: the past yeah it's like at a certain way you gotta like
1: yeah, you gotta say like, okay, they did this, and now, and so thus, I will blank. You know, I will yeah. do this for myself now. It's,
0: it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, I want to get to so th- these are the last. This is the last section of the of the interview. Now, these are questions that I always ask, rapid fire, even okay. though they are big questions. Okay. And it's just purely because I've been bad at planning for three years. I but, will try to be succinct. Um, these are questions that I, so just 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 quick rapid fire and to, to wrap everything up. Um. What's the best advice you've ever been given about dealing with your mental health and comedy? You could, they could be separate answers if you'd like, but the best advice?
1: When the ice is thin, don't stomp on it. Just slow down and take gentle steps.
0: What's the worst advice you've ever been given? Is it the <laughs> same advice but actually on ice?
1: <laughs> Cross is reverent. Um The worst advice, um, I don't know that everybody uh, gave this advice, but People who, th- you know, like, that isn't cool. Um, you know, trying to do something that's just because other people are doing it. Uh,
0: do you think that all artists are crazy? No. No. That's 50-50. I mm-hmm. swear to God, it's half and half. Um, what advice do you have for uh, people who are struggling with mental health stuff and w- in the arts?
1: Talk to somebody. even if it's Even if you're worried about therapists... Do talk to a friend, and I highly, highly recommend a, a therapist, and do stuff to get you out of your brain and into your heart and your body, whether that's caring about something else, particularly animals. Get next to animals uh, as much as you can. and Pets are good. Uh, yeah, you know, Yeah, pets or grooming or something, and get outside and get into your body because your brain... Uh, think set, makes you believe it has all the answers, but we are all meat bags who want to be loved, you know, and uh, get into your body with something.
0: Uh, now, uh, final question here is social media. Where, where can people follow you if they should choose to, and do you even want them to? That is, that you can totally just say no. But it's whatever you want to plug, basically anything where people can go.
1: Uh, I, um, I really hardly ever go on Facebook anymore. I do actually, uh, I, I like Instagram, yeah, me you know, too. I like fun. putting up, uh, and I, it's different than Twitter. I have a Twitter and I'm on, I'm, I'm verified. Uh, but you nice. can find me under my own name, Aurora Brown, but there's an E on the end of Brown. Um, but I like, I like Instagram. I like the visuals of it. I don't even put up stories that much, but I do like treating it like a bit of a, of a, a photo album.
0: Yeah, sure. And yeah. Are you comfortable with people following you there? That's, yeah. So what, what's your Instagram handle? It's.
1: At Alola Brown. Great. But you can search for Aurora Brown. And and, find and,
0: it. and for people that don't live in the Greater Toronto area, mm-hmm. how do you spell Aurora? <laughs> There's a city in
1: Just like the know. Princess. A-U-R-O-R-A. Got it. B-R-O-W-N-E.
0: Perfect. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Wasn't that a treat? I think that was a treat. I was really I was really into that episode. I, I really liked it. I hope you did as well. Um next week on the podcast. I sat down with a good friend of mine, uh, honestly, somebody I've known for a very, very long time, Keir Gilchrist. Uh, He's an actor, and uh, right now he's on the show Atypical, which is on Netflix, um, which I actually uh, was in. We talk about that. I I was in the season finale, uh, which you can watch now if you'd like. Um, So we sit down, we talk about, um, you know, what it's like. Playing a character with uh, autism and the responsibility of that we talk about is anxiety—it's uh, it, great. It, you know, it's it—it it was um. It was interesting sitting down with somebody I've known that long and getting into that stuff. So that's next week, uh, and Kier is going to say this. I think the mistake would be like I'm not having fun doing this kind of music. You know, it's not about that. It's uh, it's hard. It's difficult. And I am going to say this. And it was so small, and I felt like a caged animal. Like, I felt like they were trapped in there with a bear because I was having a panic attack, and they were both like, Whoa, okay, all right, okay. All right, see you next Monday. Uh, oh, yeah, Jesus, I gotta, I gotta, ugh, I'm so bad at this. I gotta promote my shit. Follow me on Instagram at It's All In Your Head Podcast. Email me anything you want. <laughs> Please email me. No one emails this account it's all in your head podcast at gmail.com say anything it's fine uh, that's it okay goodbye